Welcome back, everybody. It's the Brother Brother Podcast, a podcast that is part therapy, part tongue-in-cheek, and all real talk. It's episode 35. No, episode 36. Yeah, and with me, as always, my brother, Jonathan, how are you doing? I am pissed. Yeah, there's a lot to be talked about. To be pissed about you know and we're going to talk about that in the news but it just seems like america's kind of lost their ever loving mind and uh how to be a black guy in america these days <laughs> a black person period but um yeah we'll, we'll get into that in the news um and and because we have so much news we're probably gonna postpone our main topic and just you know just rant about the news and just make it a, a, a news section and uh things that are going on before we get to all that, let's get started with uh, the Carson Corner. But before we get into the Carson Corner, actually, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this. I assume you do if you're listening to the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we're, we are in iTunes. I think we've been there for a while. But it's listed on Bro to Bro. I know we say Brother to Brother podcast, but uh, it's probably it's listed on Bro number two Bro podcast in iTunes. And if you guys could... Um, if you have the time, uh, rate and review, we would really appreciate that. Um, get your family to do it. Get your friends to do it. Yeah. People who owe you money, tell them five stars, get some a dollar, a dollar off their debt. <laughs> get fake accounts. Uh, we'll take the Russian bots. Yeah. All day. All day. Uh, but uh, with that out of the way, uh, Carson Corner. So John, what's been going on? I'll say this. Um, I think this week has been a week where... It's like somebody who's not into the pop culture or celebrity business like that. It's like this is one of those weeks where it's like, doggone, I feel like I've been so bombarded by it that I feel like I had to go out of my way to look all this crap up that I, I don't really care about just so I could be part of the conversation. You know, like like Cardi B is just seems to be everywhere. everywhere. Uh, Coachella. And like I've, I've heard a lot about mumble rap, but I haven't really looked into it because that's just you know, not the kind of thing that I listen to, rap and, and all that, but now I feel like I gotta go look into mumble rap and all that shit. You know, it's just a bunch of, you know, like, you couldn't escape the fact that Beyonce killed it at Coachella. You just couldn't escape it. And like, as somebody, you know, that's, you know, like I said, not in all that pop culture and all that, I was like, even I had to go and watch that video and, and it was like, yeah, it's impressive. And it, I mean, Beyonce is what she's probably like the best uh, singer artist of, of our age, right? So I can't remember where I heard this or who I was discussing it with. I might have heard it and then discussed it with somebody. Um, this is not my original idea; it's the point I'm trying to make. But I've come to the realization after discussing Beyonce is like basically, and I don't mean to say she's equal to what Michael Jackson was. But she's basically this generation's Michael Jackson. Like, when she comes on stage, people fucking fall out. People, like, legitimately people collapse when she comes on stage. When she does her numbers, her dance routines, her performance is so amazing that it, like, just overshadows actual news. Like, if a bomb mm-hmm. went off and then that Coachella performance came up, you now that bomb news eventually would have been backpaged by the next day. Like... The way she commands mm-hmm. just the attention of all the, and just and another thing, people from all generations. I had sixty and seventy year old women at my office talking about her Coachella performance and how they sat down and watched it with their granddaughters, and their granddaughters explained, you know, like all this the different 
their understanding of the culture. It was that stuff just doesn't happen with any other artists. Yeah, um, one of the podcasts I listened to, the Daily Zeitgeist, guys, they were talking about how some guy was, I guess, with his grandmother and was live tweeting his grandmother's re- reactions. She's like, "Oh, another another wardrobe change, another," you know, and it's like it, it's funny how, um. Yeah, it's just, it, she is somebody that just, tran, you know, whole generations that she's just touching and, and like, kind of affecting. I mean, just look at the Hollywood, the uh, Super Bowl performance, you know? I mean, that was the talk of the town for, like, a solid month, you know? And, and yeah, so it's like, Beyonce is definitely one of the greatest artists, uh, def- definitely the greatest artist of our age, maybe one of the greatest of all time, I mean... Uh, who know you know twenty thirty years from now I think she's definitely going to be up there with like Prince and Michael Jackson and uh, uh, Patty Labelle and some of the others. I'll say this: um, if she doesn't surpass surpass them, she probably will. Oh, she definitely won't surpass them. Let's 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 calm down. First of all, she can't surpass Prince because she doesn't write her own music. M- much like Michael Jackson, she has a team of people who do that side of it. Um, but I think she will definitely be this generation's icon. Uh, like Madonna was huge, but she wasn't like uh, she was an '80s icon. She wasn't like a multiple decade icon the way Michael Jackson was, even after his death. Beyonce will be the icon of like the of the 2000s for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, enough about uh, Coachella and all the stuff that we don't, you know, the cultural stuff that we have had to research just to uh, enjoy this. This bombardment of, like, cultural just everything uh, mm-hmm. this week has really made me think about, uh, seriously, about cutting back on social media. Oh, yeah. I, I've i already, um, I got rid of Facebook off my phone. Um, and the only reason I haven't deactivated my account is because I kind of need it for work because there's, you know, a Facebook group there. That's a good way to communicate and do things. So, like, that's literally the only reason. And, like, it seems like Facebook is going out of its way to, you know, to to get people to love it again, you know. Because, like, every time I, I pop into Facebook, it's like, these are your friend friend anniversaries. Or look at all these photos and all these moments you share with so-and-so. And I'm just like, wow, Facebook, you're trying real hard. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking... Like like I said, if it wasn't for work, I probably would deactivate my Facebook account because, you know, just get, came to a point where it's like Facebook, I really don't like what they're doing. And then this whole, you know, they're, they're doing so much shady bullshit. So there's just really no need to participate in that. Well, it's kind of funny. I talked to, uh, again, my buddy Temple was uh, in town from California uh, over the last two weekends. And I talked with him over this weekend and we got into the whole, you know, Mark Zuckerberg um, and before Congress. And, and you know, I remember, like, I didn't watch most of it, but I saw some highlights. And then eventually, like, I put it on, on uh, YouTube and just listened to it while I was working one, um, one day. And I thought going in I was going to be, like, real pissed off at Mark Zuckerberg and for, like, being Facebook for, you know, not just collecting that information, but giving it away to people. But then I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm if if anything, that whole situation with him at Congress, that just proved to me that we shouldn't have people who are like over the age of sixty working in fucking Congress. 
because those people needed basic definitions of concepts that have been around for decades. Like, what's a cookie? And how does a cookie affect the guy? And, like, if you... Right, like, these are the guys who are ruling on net neutrality and they don't know the basic shit. Well, so. you're just like, you don't use computers. Someone types shit up for you. Someone tells yeah. you how to get from... I, Mark, I want to see this. I, guys, I need to see this. And then someone comes over and guides it for you. These people who are on a committee that's like based in that, you know, in that field, and you don't know what you're talking about, like, holy fuck, like, our who's running this ship? You know, like yeah. literally, who is running this ship? It makes me think, and I want to have an episode on conspiracy theories. Uh, one of these days, but it makes me think that the whole idea of a new world order is fucking bullshit, because if this is their best plan, even if this is their worst plan, what the fuck, man, who's running things? There's no one at the wheel. I guess I could see it, because, I mean, if you were a new world order, you might have these crazy idiots at the wheel, because they don't know what they're talking about, and they're just in it, you know, for the money and to stay there and the power. I mean, kind of like, um, Hux in, in um, Star Wars, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Snoke was the real power behind everything, but you get somebody like Hux who's easily controlled because their motivations are so simple. So it, it's easy to get, you know, weaklings like that to do your bidding. No, I understand that, but I just think, like, thinking about the information that Facebook collected, if they really wanted to do something destructive, they very easily could have changed the fundam fundamentally changed the way people thought just by redirecting them and editing this different things. Like they themselves could have sold that to the highest bidder and done some real psychological damage over a few years. The fact that it didn't happen that way, I'm not saying pat them on the back. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, like, the fact that that didn't happen makes me think that there's not some mastermind out there trying to pull strings. Mm. At least, I don't think that conspiracy theory holds any weight in my mind. I think it does, cause, because, well, you this know what? This is a story for another day. Yeah, this, because, here's the thing, because I, I do think that those people exist, and I just think that a lot of them, it, it, when it works, you don't hear about it. You only hear about it when it doesn't work. Like you only heard about how um, uh, Cambridge Analytical. The reason, one of the reasons you heard about it was because it didn't really work. Like they they sold it to um, uh, what's that fool? Uh, uh, Ted Cruz, you know. And they were like, yeah, we can do all this stuff. And and I mean, when you really look at the the Cambridge Analytical stuff, people are like, they didn't do what everybody's accusing them of doing you know and that's kind of pretty obvious but the fact is you know maybe just because they didn't do it doesn't mean it wasn't done somebody didn't do it you know i guess is, i guess is what i'm saying you, you hear about the misses you don't hear about the the hits because you know it's successful so so that's why you don't hear about it i, I don't, guess i don't think there's a league of shadows is what i'm saying like if if it is they're pretty pretty pathetic we exit the Carson Corner, um, I did want to talk a little bit about podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. Has your top five changed um, this month? I'd have to go back and look at what my top five was last month. Um, well, tell me your top five this month, if you can think of it real quick, and I can tell you j if it's about that. Obviously, it doesn't have to be in any order if you want right. it to be. Well, I can tell you right now that um, Spontaneous... Uh, what was it? Uh, the dollop. Yep. 
they had an episode, it was one of their live episodes, um, uh, The Race to Paris. The Race to Paris, funniest episode of the dollop, like, yet. You know, I mean, it, it, and that's saying a lot considering the how many episodes, how many great episodes the dollop has. But that was probably the best episode I've ever heard, and I loved like every second of it. But like my top five, um, I think for that reason alone, the dollop has to be up there this this month. So the dollop, uh, Culture Kings, um, Ologies, which you know I love. This here's the thing: Culture King and Ologies. Those when the minute they're out, I'm refreshing so I can download and get and listen to them and. So yeah, so that um the daily zeitgeist I put up there as well. Uh number five, where would I go? Uh I might go with left, right, and center again. Um I I, I yeah, for news, like I've cut down a lot of my news stuff. And left, right, and center is one of the few that I, I listen to, like not, not, not I'm saying I don't listen to others, but that's the one that, that's my go-to. Like, if I only had to listen to one, uh, news political podcast, it'd probably be Left, Right, and Center. Is that five? Yeah, Dollop, Left, Right, and Center. Center. Ologies. Ologies. Culture King. Culture Kings. That's only four. Dollop. Did you say Spontaneous Nation? Was that the one Spontanea you Nation. tried to say, but then left out? Did I? Did I leave that out? You had you didn't say it. You started to say it, but you didn't say it. Left, right, and center. Dollop. Ologies. Culture Kings. Eh, I oh, guess, uh, yeah. Spontaneous Nation. Um, well, my five uh, is largely unchanged. Uh, I will say this month, um, Sword and Scale. I'm catching up on the old ones. I haven't listened to the new ones. So I want to listen to it in its natural uh, progression. Um, so I've listened to a bunch of those episodes. I went from like episode 31, 32 to, I'm now on 67 or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've listened to a bunch of that. That's been my number one this month. I've listened to it the most. Culture Kings, number two. These last three episodes have been so good. Um, they feel so, so authentic, uh, that it's so easy to just, sort of flow with their with you know with whatever they're talking about with the tangents they go on plus being a sports fan i love to hear them talk about um the nba playoffs and sports in general um and the kanye uh mixtape that they made that was that was tight uh it was nice they actually made me start listening to some of the old kanye again um but then he went out of his damn mind but that's we'll talk about that a little bit later um but so that was Culture Kings, uh, Sword and Scale, The Dollop for sure. That's always in my top five. Um, I really wish Slaughter came out more often. I feel like if it did, that would definitely be in my top five. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Sponta- uh, Spontaneity Nation uh, is definitely always up there. And I just started Zealot, but I've, I'm, I'm pretty much flying through it, so I'll give it the fifth spot for this month for sure um but yeah man i've just really been enjoying listening to podcasts lately yeah and some i've started a couple new ones nerdificent which is kind of a 
deep dive into nerd culture and stuff. Like their first episode they did, uh, well, the first couple episodes they did, uh, esports, uh, and cosplay. And then another one I've been listening to, uh, is the Bechdel cast and they kind of, you know, have a guest on and then they talk about how, uh, women are portrayed in, um, movies and, and that, that's kind of interesting right now. But I, I'm enjoying those. So for the Bechdel podcast, is that the same subject, same theme, just different subjects? Like, you know, I might talk about um, Sin City, and the next guest might talk about Blade Runner. and Yeah, yeah, different movie every time. But basically same concept? Yeah. Uh-huh. Does it not get old? Not really, because you're talking about different kinds of movies and and the way women are portrayed and things like that. Cool. Of course, I just started listening to it, so I got checked. I'm so I'm running out of a bunch of my podcasts that either I've caught up to them present or um, I they're just like you know set episodes. So I'm now just looking at getting into some new ones. Ologies, I wrote down left, right, center, and I guess I'll I will definitely check out the Bechdel test. What movies have you heard so far? Uh, they did Pacific Rim. That's the one I listened to. Oh, nice. Um, She's All That, which I haven't, I haven't actually seen that movie, but uh, Anna, Anna Hosnier was on it, so I was like, well, I'm going to check that out because she was a guest. And, um, yeah, um, I think they did Black Panther, which was a really great episode. Step into the spotlight. Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. But enough with that. Let's uh, move on to the news. There's a lot to talk about. Yep, yep, uh, I guess let's talk about these a few notable deaths. Um, gonna f- just fire off some of these. Uh, Carl Castle. Um, if you listen to NPR, you should know who that is. Um, he died of from complications from Alzheimer's, which is real sad. But um, yeah, so Carl Castle, Vern Troyer, and I, I gotta say that was a kind of a Mandela effect for me thing because when they announced that he was dead, I was like, I thought he was already dead, and and this is bad on me. I don't I don't know, but I'm wondering if I got him confused with um Josie from uh. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Yeah. Well, funny thing about that is when I first saw the... Um... Or, or that guy in... uh, What was it? Jackass? Oh, yeah. That's what I was about to say. So when I first saw the picture, uh, I just like... Wa- I saw it as I... I saw the headline as I was walking out of the room. And, like, and I was like, whoa, was that Wee Man? And then it was like Vernon Troy. I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, oh, oh damn. Maybe, too. Okay. It's, it's still bad. Yeah. At least it's not But, but anyway... Um, also, uh, Lee Ermey, uh, Miles Foreman, I don't know who that is. Uh, Miles Foreman scene. was a, uh, oscar winning director. He directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, and among other amazing titles. Oh, I do know who that is. I just don't know by name. Okay. Miles Foreman. Um, and this is something that these two people, I guess, are a bit controversial, so I guess we could talk about them, but, uh, more, more recently, uh, Barbara Bush died, and, um, a lot of mixed emotions about that one. Um, also, Winnie Mandela, she died a few weeks ago. Uh, we didn't, I don't know why we didn't talk about it, but, um, yeah, so I guess let's talk about these quote unquote conflicted people. And, and I think it's funny the way people say conflicted instead of saying, 
like they're problematic. Like for instance, um, the women's march was like rest in power, Barbara Bush, and everybody drugged them for that. And it was like I'm like this is exactly why people of color and whatnot and transgenders and people in the LGBT community have a problem with the women's march and all that is because it's like this cisgender white feminism really you know i'm like yes she was a white she was a woman and she had you know kind of willed some power but it wasn't good power you know yeah what she did with it wasn't good and that's the thing about it it's just like when people just start throwing out quotes and quotes and documentation you know documentation of her actions it's just like who is in your pr room who is in your halls of power that someone didn't say uh I don't think we should maybe say that. Right. You know, and then people are like, yeah, her bluntness. And uh, sometimes she she got in trouble with things she said, like, no, you know, and then they would uh, quote what she said at, at um about the the uh, refugees from uh, Hurricane Katrina. Like, that's not that's not, you know, just being blunt or or your words tripping you up. That's some real fucked up thinking, you know, Yeah. to, to say things like, well, uh. You know, they're better off because they're all poor. And, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, that just shows you just how jacked up that kind of thinking is. And it's, like, for people to 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 um, rewrite history, I guess, because a person died. And it's, like, I don't know. And I think it's something that we're going to see a lot because, I mean, you saw it with Billy Graham, too. You know, the, the way that everybody mourned Billy Graham. But then there were so many people, like, this dude is not somebody that... that you know, we can just say was a, like a great person. I mean, he had a lot of fucked up views and, and, and to, to chop it up as, well, he was just the, you know, person of his age or something like that. I'm like, no, time. Yeah, right. Well, that's, the, that's not an excuse. It's the Apu excuse, you know, the Simpson retort with the, uh, well, times are different and now times have changed, you know, what are we going to do? You're going to tell the truth and be like, yo, this was a woman who did do some good things. She did a lot of outreach for literacy. She did a lot of of outreach in various communities. But she also said and thought some despicable things. And that's, again, it's two things. One, America loves nothing more than to rewrite fucking history. To, you know, color over the rough edges and just have this the shining example of what we think it is or what we think it should be and it's so infuriating we're gonna have it pretty soon um when bush senior passes away he's in the hospital right now he's not doing well it's like just because these guys were once put up as american heroes doesn't mean that you can't talk about the bad things they did that includes everyone from barbara bush to obama to trump to the clintons Right. All these people have skeletons in their closet, and when they come out, they just have to be acknowledged for what they are. Not only that, but uh, I do want to move on because I do want to. I think we have a lot to say about Winnie Mandela, but I think one of the reasons that you know they were heroes in the first place is because the people that they were seen as villains for, you know, nobody could hear from them, you know, or they were ignored. Like, I mean, you you talk about um, you know, how other people see americans like around the world you know like we see ourselves as like you know liberators and all that but there are a lot of people who see us as oppressors so you know if you look at if you don't hear from the the people who are oppressed by 
the actions of these people, then yeah, it looks like they're heroes, you know, and it's easy to make them to be the heroes and whatnot. So I think that instead of saying, well, they're dead and you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, you should, you know, take a minute to really examine. I mean, if you're going to examine someone's life, you should examine all parts of it. And, and I think that's something that, you know, Winnie Mandela, again, a problematic character, I guess. Um, because I think there are a lot of people who vilify her because of, you know, the actions that she took during apartheid. And there are some people who consider that, you know, maybe not heroic, but they're more understanding of it. And, and I, I know I'm, maybe this is, makes me a bad person. I don't know, but I'm on the more understanding side of it. My issue with Winnie Mandela is the fact that we know for a fact that she was involved in the kidnapping and murder, the kidnapping, torture, and murder of a young boy. Um, she kidnapped three of them, killed one of them, and that's just one of of one of not many, but one of other um, supposed links of murder and torture that she did. And none, not all of those are in the name of justice. I think that. And, you know, I think you have to acknowledge the things that she did as well as the corruption that she did afterwards when she came into power throughout her um, her political reign and her political involvement in South Africa. She's a woman who did a lot in the movement, but she had corruption that followed her throughout her entire um, career and life, really. Once again, I uh, here's the thing. Hmm. I wasn't... Hmm. I can't say I wasn't there because, like, you hear about the death and the, I believe the kid's name was Stumpy Seppi or, or James Sepaya. I'm butchering that name. I, I know it. But he was a kid who was suspected of um, working with being a informer. And, uh, you know, they kidnapped him and, and two other kids and then they tortured him to death and beat him for days and shit. I mean, there's just no reason to to do that kind of thing, even if he was an informer. I mean, we're talking about what he was like 13, 14, maybe at, at the time. Oh, um, yeah, the time of his death. Um, yeah. So it's like there's, there's really no way to defend that. And I don't think you should. And yeah, she there were a lot of people, you know, what was it called? A um, tire necklace or something like that, mm-hmm. where, where they would put uh, gasoline in, in an t- empty tire and then put it over someone's neck and let it on fire. Like, part of me, I I understand where that comes from. You know, we're living in a such, I mean, the apartheid state of South Africa was a, an oppression like we haven't seen in I'm not going to say all of history, but like modern history, like, I mean, it's not as bad as, I don't know, maybe it is as bad as the Holocaust. I don't know. You know, like I wasn't there. I only, I remember it at the time growing up because, you know, it was a big deal. It was, I mean, what was it? Uh, Lethal Weapon 2 that made a big deal about it too. I mean, it was so part of the, the zeitgeist that you could not be around then and not know about the horrors that were going on there. Not, not unlike, um, what's going on now in Palestine or even, uh, with the Rohingya in, um, Myanmar. But like I said, it's hard to judge it 
from the outside, I think, because when you're fighting for the very survival of your people, what lengths is too far, I guess, is, I guess, especially when there are people out there who are working against your people, I can understand why you would want to make an example of them. Not excusing that or, or anything like that, but the, the other hand that people say is, well, you know, Nelson Mandel was all about, you know, nonviolence and, and things like that and peaceful resistance. But I want to say, part of me feels like, you know, that's easy to say when you're in jail. You, you're not out there living it. I, I think it's easier to be nonviolent. I disagree with that. I think, um, I just, well, I, I just file disagree. It doesn't matter. But I just think that regardless of what you have to do for the freedom of your people, you still have to own up for what you did. Like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if I have to, if I have to say we're fighting a species that, you know, are all children. We have to kill those kids. If we have to do that to survive, then that's what we have to do to survive. But we can't say that at the end of the day that we didn't kill a bunch of children for our survival. And that's the thing about her. From her, like, corruption as far as, like, you know, money embezzling and, and other levels of corruption to the fact that she's connected to 18 murders. Like, If you're going to talk about the good things she did, that's fine. But you also have to be like, yo, this woman might have been a monster. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like I said, that's just something that, you know, we were talking about it because it's important to talk about. And it's something that I think is going to happen a lot lately, especially when, when these baby boomers are they're getting older. They're going to start dying pretty soon. I mean, Bush, like we said, he's about he's probably not long for this world that's not a hot take that's not being out of pocket to say um you know and then like can you imagine what's going to happen when uh what's his face um dick cheney dies you know it's just there are a lot of people like that that are that are quote unquote problematic for lack of a better word listen i cannot wait to see how they try and soften the 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 rough edges of bush when he dies from mm-hmm. the response of the Reagan through the Bush years, like their response to the AIDS crisis, yeah, I'd love to see how that's gonna go over. Well, into other news, um, Sean Hannity. Ooh, Sean Hannity. I mean, you let's been just a bad, bad boy. So much, so much stuff. Uh, first of all, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, Michael Cohen. Is it Michael Cohen? Yes, it is Michael Cohen. Yeah, Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's lawyer, you know, he got raided and then, um, he, he, uh, he had to go before the court to, uh, it to talk about all his, um, well, to list who his, um, clients were. And this guy only had three clients, which is kind of interesting in of itself, but he listed out Sean Hannity as one of his clients and then Sean Hannity kind of like, the world kind of lost its shit because it was like Sean Hannity's, you know, I mean, Michael Cohen is known as a fixer, known as correcting mistakes. You know, one of his clients, uh, of course, was Trump, Stormy Daniels and all that crap and all that. And then um, I, Michael Cohen also had a client who was like the treasury for the RNC who paid off some uh, sex worker. So, you know, that was a big deal. And then people were just hammering Sean Hannity about not being an honest journalist, 
honestly, I mean, it's Sean Hannity. It's not really a surprise there, but the conflict that interest in, in all that. And then, so, you know, that was a big deal. And, and, and that just happened like last week, but it seems like it happened months ago with everything else that's going on. I mean, the Trump lawyers and everyone around Trump is, are saying that they're, they resigned themselves to the fact that, um, Cohen is probably going to flip, <laughs> that he's probably going to turn on Trump. And, and really, why wouldn't he? Um, especially, I mean, if you know where all the bodies are buried, and, and that's the thing, that's his kind of his claim to fame that he knows where all the bodies are buried, of course he's going to turn on Trump if it, if it comes down to it. Well, I love the report, and I don't know if it's um, been confirmed or not, that they basically found a drawer full of, like, CDs and tapes and yeah. recordings. He basically was like, yo, when this shit goes down, this is my get out. This is my what do you want so I can have a new life? Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. also in Sean Hannity News, apparently he's been using like taxpayer money to to buy real estate or something. Yeah, and, building an empire on the taxpayer dime. Like, right. It's like the, the hypocrisy, I guess, is, is what it, it really comes down to. All these people who talk about you know taxpayers who are, are entitlements and all that stuff and they're using like taxpayer money to get rich and shit like they're the ones that they're talking about you know they're the ones that are like these people who abuse the system they're the ones and, and they rail against them but it shows you just how powerful media can be when you know you just tell someone media mixed with psychology can be just tell someone the same thing enough make them scared give them an enemy to you know to direct their anger at and to take the responsibility off of themselves and then they'll believe anything i mean yeah and if you want to talk about you know weird things and 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 like the way things are changing just look at the support for the fbi all of a sudden like all these liberals and left well liberals i'll go let liberals probably not progressives but all these people like all of a sudden love Comey. They love the FBI. And why? Because they think that there's some sort of vanguard fighting against, you know, the Trump administration. It's like, there was, you know, just a couple years ago, everybody hated the FBI because of the oppression and things that they've done. Like, I mean, the fact that they would use like, people who were had mental issues and then send them back into, like, Muslim communities to try and entrap people and it's like that was like a big deal and a big rallying cry against the fbi and now all of a sudden james comey is like the number one dude in like the in, in liberal circles and it's it's kind of mind-boggling the way you know the world just seems to turn upside down like we're we're like in the the upside down or something well i mean if it's if you go back like a decade like you said there was the entrapment issues there was the privacy issues if you go a decade back before that it was you know their fuck up with cults during the late 90s and with security issues if you go back before that they were literally murdering civil rights leaders and activists it just speaks to just like the flim floppy nature of like the establishment liberals in this country like and their short-term memory, too. And all of that, well, you just have these people who are supposedly, um, res, you know, representing everybody, and yet they're, like, as fake as a $3 bill. 
Uh, did you hear about what's been going on with Joy Reid? With how, you know, a couple of years ago she came out with just horribly homophobic um, online journal articles that she posted. And, like, Joy Reid's one of those MSNBC liberals who are, who is just, she says whatever the corporate mind wants people to say. You know, so she's one of those people who will never question, um, you know, the fact that the DNC rigged their election and mm-hmm. worked to, to make Hillary the, the, um, nominee, but will be okay with going after Russia and the, uh, GOP for trying to rig the election in favor of Trump. It's like, you're so dishonest and so obvious that you do yourself a disservice. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, in uh, weird news and, and Trump news, uh, this whole Syria business, uh, I highly suggest you guys listen to uh, Ethnically Ambiguous. Uh, that's a, another podcast that uh, I've been listening to. But if you really want to get like a 411 on, on the Syria news and like, I know there are a lot of people who are like, I don't know who to root for on this. Um, if you want more information about it, I definitely highly recommend uh, Ethnically Ambiguous. But Trump went in and, uh, you know, bombed a couple of um, factories. And, you know, we talked about this last time, but it just seems like one of those things where now all of a sudden people's I don't know, it's just these these people fake caring about this stuff when it's just they're trying to use like Syria as a weapon against Trump, you know, and, and how like, oh, Trump's a hypocrite. He should have gone through Congress like you don't really care about the Syrian people. You don't care about whether he went through Congress or not. You're just trying to, again, you know, trying to score one, trying to score a point. And it's kind of sad that. You know, this whole Syrian business is that nothing's going to change. And, and I feel so sorry for the for the Syrian people because, you know, the P- conservatives want to say, hey, look at the good thing we did. But at the same time, you're not going to let any refugees in. You know, the fact that we have all this posture, and we have all of this like people doing like just smoke and mirrors exhibits instead of doing real work to help people doing real stuff to take care of the issues that really matter. In lighter news, um, it seems like a lot of celebs or celebrities are kind of sticking their, you know, their foots in their mouth. Uh, yeah, uh, Kanye, who everybody was, you know, praising as like the new Confucius or something, dropping wisdom because he started tweeting again. And I was like, you know what? I, I get what he's saying, but a lot of what he's saying is kind of basic wisdom, like fortune cookie bullshit. And I don't understand, like, that's one of the things. So I'm talking about when I talk about like celeb worship and pop culture. Like, I just don't understand why there's so many people losing their shit over the things Kanye was saying. And then he comes out in support of this um, right wing black commentator and everybody again lost their shit. I'm like, it's funny how quickly you guys turned on Kanye. You know, you were like praising him as like the next coming of Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden he's again a pariah. And it's like, I wish you guys would stop worshiping at the feet of these celebrities well here's my thing man you should at least worship at the feet of a celebrity who will give you a high five if he sees you walking on the street kanye doesn't give a fuck about anyone but kanye and he's been like this for a a long long time at least five albums right you know sometime after late registration 
Um, he just fucking lost his mind. So, listen, why are you surprised? He's a guy who said give Trump a chance and met with Trump. He's a guy who has said outlandish shit about all kinds of dumb shit in the past. You've got to stop mm-hmm. thinking he's doing something. Um, I don't know if this is an act for him just to drum up publicity. I don't know if it's him just being crazy and realizing he has too much power. But people have got to stop paying so much attention to all these celebrities who have no influence over your life. And speaking of celebrities, Shania Twain, uh, which, you know, a lot of people lost their shit over the fact that she went and said that if she was an American, she would have voted for um, Trump. And then people were like this, you know, and then within 24 hours of that interview coming out, she <laughs> she basically comes out and says, like, I didn't I didn't mean it the way I meant it, the way it came out. And, and I, I'm so sick and tired of these people who are like, I didn't mean what I said. I'm like, OK, you meant what you said. And she was like, well, because he's so honest. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm sick and tired of this whole business of honesty being like i think it's honesty is kind of overrated and, and i'm not saying honesty is overrated because it's not but what I'm, i guess what i'm saying is the, the type of honesty that these people are trying to say that is a good thing is overrated like i mean if you're honestly a bigot is that a good thing you know you know what i'm saying there's so many people that that have that have been hurt because of uh the things that that trump has said and done and, and to just ignore all that because I don't know. Get some brownie points with your, your groups, and then in these people, when they get pushed back, they they immediately abandon their positions. I just it, it, it boggles my mind. You want to know what I'm tired of hearing? I'm tired of hearing people say I wasn't expecting the question; it caught me off guard. Well, take thirty fucking seconds and think about what you're about to say, and think about like, is I'm am I going to piss off an entire collection of people? Right. And the only reason really I, I bring up the Shania Twain thing is because there was a tweet about it um, that that I saw you commented on. And th- what was the tweet? The tweet was something like, I'm surprised that there were. I can look it up. Um. So the tweet that Reg was talking about basically said, Shania Twain is a Trump supporter and people are shocked, question mark. I'm more surprised to find out that minorities have respect or even supporting a country singer. Uh, yeah. And then there were a bunch of, you know, a lot of people coming at her out of pocket and racist and, and well, Trump supporters, I guess. I'm not going to call them racist or anything. But, uh, John, you kind of were defending what she was saying. And well, what I said was, first of all, you have to tell me where she said, um, it's where, what she said that is racist. That's that's the very first thing I said. And and here's a th- here's where I come down. I think that tweet, Shania Twain is a Trump supporter. People are are shocked. That doesn't shock me. That's got no problem. It's the I'm surprised to find out minorities respect. Uh, I respect we're even supporting a country singer, as if to say. If you're a minority, you can't like country, and I, that's where I think that is a bit. But that's not a, a ra- bit racist. That's not a racist. That's, a, that's not because racist. here's the thing: if you went to a Shania Twain concert or something, and then a, a white guy at the at the ticket office was like, "Oh, I'm surprised 
uh, you you even like this kind of music, you would be like, that's racist, right? I don't think that's what she's saying, though. But that that how is that not what she's saying? She's saying minorities would even support a country singer, as if minorities can't like country music. Like that's a problem. That's kind of racist. And I don't know that goes back to the black card we discussion we had a few episodes back, where we were talking about how you know what See, the music you I'm, like. I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. For me, I feel like that's like the lowest grade stretch to a racist claim. And I could just be it could just be a matter of us disagreeing over it. I just don't. I think that like when I hear someone saying, "Oh my God, that's racist," you're you're you're, and especially considering the fact that the people who saying she was, oh excuse, sorry, especially considering the fact that the people who said she was racist is basically saying it's racist against white people. I I just I don't think the argument actually. Okay. I don't think the I evidence, don't agree. I don't think I don't evidence, agree that it's racist against white people. And, it's and racist that's, against and black that's, people. And that's basically what I said. I was like, it's not racist against black people. I mean, it can be it's racist, racist against, against minorities. It's saying that there's something there's something wrong with a minority who likes country music. Well, first of all, the person who tweeted it is a comedian, so it's obviously. But I, I think that's that's another thing that I can't stand. I can't stand people who. You know, when they get caught out of their bullshit, like, well, it's a joke, I'm a comedian. I, I don't think that being a comedian is a cover for some bullshit that you get to say. Well, so then, but not, then all means, I, I don't think that uh, comedians, you're basically saying comedians can't make, can't make edgy jokes anymore. Is what you're saying. There's a difference between edgy and being insensitive Reg, or racist if, or Reg, ignorant. Reg, if Dave Chappelle said that same joke on a stage, would you be like, that's fucking racist from your seat? No, it's just... A yes, party. because, like, if you listen to, like, Dave Chappelle's his last concerts, the last one, the ones that he did on Netflix, he says a lot of fucked up shit in that thing. And it's like, yeah, it's, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't... Yes, but, times have rich, rich, but that, that's, and, and, that's, that's apples oranges. You're, the stuff he said wasn't, wasn't like, wasn't like, oh, a little edgy. He was like, oh yeah, you know, I might be okay killing a, 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 a transgender woman if I found out they were really, they were originally, they were really a man. Like, uh, again, those are on, one's thermonuclear and the other one's a pebble. Like, I, I think there is area for, there's an area for gray and there's areas for nuance to say, to look at something and say, is this something they're legitimately saying? Is this a joke? Is the joke too far? Is the joke inappropriate? I, I again, and this is something we're going to talk about here in this next segment. Uh, for me, I see these people talking about on this tweet, and it's just fake outrage to me. Like no one's really upset about that. People are just finding a reason to be upset about that. And maybe, maybe it's one of those things where it hits too close to home. As somebody who's told that they're not black enough for liking certain types of music and stuff. It, I mean, that could be it. But I also think that you know, there is something jacked up about saying minorities can't like this, can't like A, B, or C. You know, so like when people call them out on that. Yeah, that's circling racism. I mean, I think it's definitely in the racism ballpark. Uh, I mean, I think it's outside the park in the parking lot, but I mean, even if they're tailgating, they're there, and that's problematic for me. Agree to disagree. But um, unless unless you got any other new news, uh, I do want to get into a one. Th- the only last thing I wanted to say was Cynthia Nixon. You know, people were talking about how you know. 
when, when um, Oprah were, they were all like over 2020 and we were all like, let's not get our, our celebrities to just run. And, you know, Cynthia Nixon, I don't think we've actually really talked about her running for a governor, but I will say this. It's already giving out dividends because <laughs> it's in, in a bid to get more left than Cynthia Nixon, Governor Cuomo um, is giving parolees and I guess people who have been convicted of certain crimes uh, through executive order. He's giving them the right to vote, which is kind of a you know extreme left position. So who knows? Maybe we ought to get more celebrities in it. I mean, hey, we'll take any win that we can get, you know, a win's a win's a win. So I guess that leads us into, you know, it's not really our main topic or anything, but just because of the frequency of certain occurrences this last couple of weeks, uh, we really wanted to take the time to really talk about this issue. Uh, originally, I'll give you a peek behind the curtain, uh, we had planned on doing a cop watch segment to just talk about a couple of shootings. There was a shooting in Barstow where... They shot like 30 times into a vehicle with multiple people. And according to the first reports, the vehicle was violently or aggressively uh, um, reversing towards police. But video shows that that doesn't seem to be the case. Still waiting on actual dashboard and body cam. But, you know, God knows when we'll get that. But before we could really even get into that are some of the other cases, like the woman who was tackled at the Waffle House. Um... As you know, an incident happened at a Starbucks when, what, Philadelphia was it? Yeah. Um, and that just led to a week, week and a half of what I would call racist ass shit just happening to black customers and people. Um, because that whole incident, these two black gentlemen go into a Starbucks, they're waiting for their friend who they're going to meet to discuss a business endeavor. Um, they ask to use the bathroom. The, la- the lady says, you know, you have to buy something. They're like, all right. And, you know, they're waiting. And next you know, police show up. The manager called the police literally two minutes after they came in. Two minutes. Was it that soon? That That I didn't know. Yeah, so... I saw from a report that based on the security camera from the moment they went in to the moment where they saw her calling or when the call came through two minutes. Like, wow. And so the police come and they're like, what, you know, what's the issue? We're waiting for our friend. The, they ask you to leave. And then he's like, we're not doing anything. Police arrest him right as their friend comes in and God bless this dude. The only person in that place who vocally said something um was their friend who happened to be white who basically was like how are you doing this to these guys you know these guys get taken to the prison um process they're in jail till midnight and when they're released um because they the judge declines to press charges you know i didn't even look at the video because i knew like mentally i I could not handle watching this shit you know, so like I didn't even see the vehicle, the video. I mean, I've I've read like a transcript and everything like that, so I know what happened. But it was just it was mind-boggling to me. Like there were so many people that are like, you know, I've been in Starbucks before and not bought something, and, and you know, what did these people do? I, I'm glad there were people that spoke up about it, but it's just like 
again, you know, this kind of started out like there were a lot of people who were like, I'm going to boycott Starbucks. And Starbucks has said that they're, you know, they're closing stores to do go about, um, you know, training for uh, implicit bias training, which I think is the biggest real thing about it. It's just the, this, the idea that automatically black people are dangerous or are automatically not allowed to be in, in a place. I mean, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, I mean... You look at the L.A. fitness thing. Uh, I think that actually may have happened a couple of days before the Starbucks thing. But this guy went in, you know, he's a member. He's in there with a guest who's on his guest pass and police get called. He get, he's asked to leave. I mean, L.A. fitness worked fast with it. They went and uh, fired the three employees that were involved in this. But again, it's just, it's just the fact that it could happen, you know, that as a black man, as a black person, and this isn't just black people, it's all people of color, that you can automatically be put on a, in a position where you have to prove that you're allowed to be in a place that everybody's allowed to be in. You know, that pu- that public spaces and, and you're, you're not allowed to be in quote unquote white spaces. And that's the thing that's crazy to me. It's just like the concept that one, that as a black man or as a minority, you would have to prove that you are allowed to exist in that space. But the flip side of like being so comfortable that you feel that you can question why this person is existing in your area. Exactly. Like, like that guy who went through, the, the guest, the guy who was a member, um, he they had just scanned his past. Like one of the three women, or one of the three workers one of whom was a woman had just scanned his pass it's like you know he's allowed to be here there's no reason for you to go through this whole this whole there's no reason for you to invent this situation right and And then and the thing is like it's so fresh i mean and i guess that's what it goes down to is like i don't think people like even something else that was really frustrating about about the whole incident with like the Starbucks thing where there's so many people who are like, well, there's got to be more to the story. You know, the fact that people keep saying this stuff that happens and, and we're still not believed that this is what it's like to live in America, like that we're still having to to prove the things that, that we say are happening. It's, it's so frustrating because. It's like nothing's going to change if if you don't even believe what people are saying. Like you have to have I mean, that's the whole thing with these dash cameras and and, um, body cams is like why those things are so important is because people weren't believing folks when they said this stuff was happening. Mm -hmm. And and it's not even just public places like, you know, just uh, we just heard about this. um, These two women, they were golfers. They're at your golf club, which they are members at. There were five women at the beginning of this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but as Reg was saying, they are members at this golf club, and they were playing a round of golf like they normally do. And a little background story. These women have been golfing for decades. They've been golfing at that particular club um, for over uh, 10 years, I think it was 12 years for the large, longest member, but all of them over 10 years. And the owner of the, the father of the owner of the club basically comes over and is like, you guys are playing too slowly. You need to speed up or you need to leave. Um, but the people hot behind them, you know, weren't waiting to tee off and the people in front of them weren't so far ahead that, you know, they could just make up some, uh, some of the holes. 
But they decided to skip a couple of holes to get to the ninth hole so they could take a break and then, you know, continue on. But a few of the women were so shaken up that they decided to leave. And then these assholes come behind them, behind them and are basically like, oh, you took too long on the ninth hole. Uh, you guys have to leave. And the police were called. The police got there, uh, basically uh, looked at the situation, talked with the women, and, and were like, yeah, there's... We can't force them to leave. They haven't done anything illegal. There's nothing for them, for us to do. But the women ended up leaving anyways. And um, it's just like, if you can't even be black on a in a country club that you're a member of, where else, where else can you be black? That means like if you're poor and black, you're fucked. If you're rich and black, you're fucked. If if you're elite and black, you're fucked. Yeah, if you're not Steph Curry or somebody, then you're fucked up. You know, it's just, I guess the reason we talk about it is because it's so frustrating because, like, you just don't know how, why, I I, I think, I don't know, it's like that's, I want to believe that that's like a Trump effect, you know, that's an effect that Trump's America that, that is emboldening all these people to think that, you know, this is their country and their, um, safety and well-being and, and, all that is more important than the rights of other people, you know, and as long as and it's, it's frustrating because as a black person, you know, I'm a citizen just as much as they are. And I have a right to be in just as many places as they do. And it's and to to know that at any moment I can be questioned just because some, you know, a, a white person or something or somebody of quote unquote authority doesn't think I should be there is like. You know, that's stuff that we thought was getting better, and we're seeing all this week that it's not at all. And not only that, for me, it's even bigger than that. It's a fundamental question of whether or not this country is actually a good country or filled with majorly good people. Because when I see these things happening to people in public, it's like, why aren't people speaking out? Why aren't people shaming police into and authorities and these racists into making the right decisions? You know, if you're an uh, officer of the law and you get called out by a company that's basically saying, hey, we're doing something racist and shitty. Yeah, you can't arrest those people, but you can say, hey, don't be calling us for this shit. You know? Yeah. You could say. Like, like, imagine if the Philadelphia cops had just walked away and said, this isn't this is not worth us being out here and you don't you're wasting our time. Like, I mean, those cops in. At the at the golf club that we were talking about, they left. They were like, "This is in our business, you know. This, this is, is not a arrestable offense." Arrestable but offense. But not, not only that, like, can you imagine if the officer had instead said to the woman, "How long have they been here? What have they been disturbing your customers?" No, be like, by having us arrest this guy, you're making us look bad. You're hurting our connection to this community. But the, here's the thing, though: those cops didn't have to arrest them. They could have had a conversation and asked them to leave. And then if they didn't, then arrested them. But the fact well, is, that's they... What, that's my point. That's yeah, my point. Okay. Like, why can't they have the moral compass to say, this is what, this is wrong. Now, if you really want us to ask them to leave, then I will make them walk outside of your establishment. I'm not going to arrest them. I'm not going to take them to jail. But you need to know that what you're doing is morally wrong. Like, I don't understand why 
more people in public when they see these things happening, especially people who have privilege. If you have privilege, some of the most powerful thing you can do is lend that privilege to someone who is disenfranchised mm-hmm. and giving them the strength when other people are questioning them. One of my favorite videos... Hey, once again. One of my favorite videos... I what, This happened a couple of years ago. Is this guy who cleans houses in, um, in this like rich neighborhood. And this cop stops him and is like hassling him. And then all of a sudden, this woman comes out who's like, I know this person. He's blo- he works in this neighborhood. And the cop is trying to give her a lip until... He- she tells him, I'm a lawyer, I want your information, I want this, and just starts reading him all the rights of why he can't talk to this person the way he's talking to that person. And then he, the lawyer, because the guy's sitting on the sidewalk, bends down, picks the man up, and starts walking him onto her po- property. And she goes, the cop's like, ma'am, you can't take him. She says, this is my property. If you want to come and arrest me, that's fine, but I know you won't. And he turns around, gets in his cruiser, and drives off. Like... We have no idea what would have happened to that guy if that person didn't use their privilege to defend that man who was doing nothing but more than being black in a rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what it's really going to take to all this, a lot of this to change to happen is, you know, for white people to, like you said, use their privilege to speak out and, and, and things like that too. Because if they, I mean, Martin Luther King spoke about it and um, about how the, the biggest obstacle in America towards, you know, civil rights and all that is not the racist. It's the the silent, moderate white America that's, that chooses not to say anything. And it, when you choose to stand with people, that's when things change, you know. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. When you hear some guy say something racist at work and you just, you know, correct him. Just be like, what you said is wrong and you shouldn't think like that. You know, it's little things like that that make a really big difference. Yeah, l- listen, along those lines, now there was a story, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, about a family in Houston that went to this Hooters and they're... Uh, little the grandson wandered off and ran into like the chair of this guy who ended up spitting on the kid, calling him the n word, and then cursed out and threatened his family. And when the police arrived, he basically was like, "It's okay, I'm a firefighter." Well, that guy just got his job back, so, which is just fucking insulting to think that someone who would assault and do that, who still I believe is still looking. I don't know, I can't remember if he got probation or if he was looking to go to trial. I'm not quite sure. But the worst part about that, because, you know, he's a despicable piece of shit. But the worst part about that is, during what I found out later, the Hooters asked the family to leave. This guy, in public, and there were multiple witnesses who talked to the police and gave accounts. This guy does racial, repugnant shit. And the Hooters asks the victims to leave. He makes them leave. Makes them leave so fast, settle up so quickly, they didn't get to take their cake with them. Like, I don't understand how anyone sitting in that restaurant can continue to sit in that restaurant. How you didn't be like, why are you making them leave? Oh, you're making them leave? Fine. Give me my bill. I'm never coming back here again. If more people had the just common... It's just a basic human decency to do those things. We could push back against so much evil in this world. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, 
real quick, uh, I, th- I think we should get into ass out of the year, and I, I think we're definitely not getting into our main topic. No, we'll we'll push that back and save that for another time. The nominees are. There was that that racist frat that they were pledging. You know, like you were saying, where are the? I think that's one of the cases where you know witnesses. Um, and, and pe- you know, like in the moment, these people that, you know, they saw what was going on and, and they were of good conscience and knew what was going on was wrong and they couldn't do anything in the moment. But they sh- by sharing that video, this frat got suspended and permanently banned and is, is, you know, promoting it, prompting a conversation about, you know, racism on that campus and and things like that and like it's little things like that that you can do that go a long way but um every episode we do as had in hero of the year and we're going to close with that for a change um to do, do, do as hat there's just so many like there are so many the starbucks um, manager um the racist frat the asshole with the prom sign that said um if I, if was, I was black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm mm-hmm. not, so I'm picking you. Will you go to prom with me? Like, fuck that kid, all right? I hope that school system, as punishment, says you can't go to prom. And if he's a junior, I hope they say he can't go to your senior prom. Like, you just can never go to prom. That's your fucking punishment for being, either being a racist piece of shit, or having a sign that was racist as fuck. Whichever, mm-hmm. whichever, wherever you fall on that scale. Um... Yeah, there's just so many of them to pick. Yeah, so I think we're. I'm just gonna give it to people who challenge black people in spaces, who challenge whether black people can exist. And not in, just in black public. people, minorities yeah. in general. Minorities in general, yeah. You know, whether that be women, whether that be LGBTQ, whether that be blacks, Latinos, like if you're one of those people who thinks that because of what some someone looks like that they might be off and they might be threatening. You are probably the problem, okay? Um, it should be based on what a person does, not the way they look, within reason. Obviously, if someone's running around in a clan costume, you can take the look and use that as your judgment. <laughs> like, uh, but Hero of the Year, uh, man, so, so many people. Um, there was, you know, the, the guy who at the uh, Waffle House shooting who yes. stopped uh, the shooter. Uh, Dude, you know, he grabbed the barrel while it was reloading, and the barrel right. of AR-15 can get super get hot. And get hot. He got severe burns on his hands. That motherfucker deserves a medal, some money, free medical and, treatment. And then he raised like forty-five thousand dollars for the families of Man. the victims. Damn. Damn. So I. Waffle House. Uh, let's let's name this dude instead of just call him the Waffle House Hero. <laughs> yeah, Waffle House Hero. Oh, Waffle House Hero. Uh, his name is James Shaw Jr. So yeah. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ch- Tammy Jo Schultz, who was a pilot that landed uh, the, the engine. You know, the plane with one engine yep. because um, Southwest uh, they chose not to uh do some 
maintenance or whatever, and one of their engines, their planes, um, one of the engines blew up. She landed it with, on one engine, saving a bunch of lives, and I think only one person died. But um, the the real, I, we're gonna give it to two people. It's gonna be yep. um, James Shaw Jr., the the Waffle House hero. But also, I want to give a big shout out to Natalie Portman. Um, Natalie Portman this week, uh, I guess she's going to be given an award. Um, and, and, uh, Israel, I think is where the award was going to be held. And, um, she was like, considering with everything that's going on in Israel and, and, uh, you know, if you're living under a rock, quick rundown, um, Israel, Israeli soldiers were shooting at a bunch of, uh, protesters who, or, you know, had no weapons or whatnot, and that caused a big deal. And Natalie Portman came out and spoke against that, and she was like, um, because of, the, you know, things that are going on in Israel, I don't feel comfortable coming out, you know, support of that kind of thing. And, you know, it, she's getting a lot of heat and a lot of backlash about that, and a lot of people are calling her anti-Semitic, even though she's Jewish. And I didn't even know that until this all came out. I and know until this moment. Yeah, and they're like, they ought to revoke her, her citizenship and all that crap. So, you know, um, yeah, kudos. We salute you guys. Yeah, definitely. All, all three worthy. Yeah. All three. Um, I had a rant, but I can save that for next time and that's all good. Yeah. But, uh, as, um, next time, probably next time, um, we're going to pro- be talking about, uh, speaking your truth and exactly what that means. Um, but for now, we're going to leave you with that. We want to thank you all for listening again. Hey, if you can take the time to, you know, leave us a review on um, iTunes, we'd really appreciate that. But uh, we want to thank you all for listening and speak your truth. Tell your story and stay woke and send us emails. You can find John at Tempe WMF on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find his other stuff at Tempe'sWorld.com. And you can find Reggie at Hedonis, that's H-I-D-D-A-N-A-S. He co-hosts In My Humble Opinion and the Cinema Chat Podcast. Hard times gonna make you wonder why you even try hard for what it's worth i can hear you cooking see that's the stuff i need to know rich tell my friends i'm coming down real quick when i hit the ground i still don't know how happiness survives hard times flat butt